to today's episode of Bright New Star. We have Charity and Marie here today, and we are talking about the principle of being a creator. To very first begin, God is a creator. If you think about it, he created the galaxy, the universe, the multiverses. He created that which is upon our earth and Again, we are his children, and if we're his children, we can be creators too. And he wants us to be. I truly believe that he joys in creating, and he wants us to joy as well. And so talking about a fun German airline pilot who also happens to be a church leader, his name is Dieter F. Uchtdorf, and he talks about this really cool gift and principle of creation. He actually said, the desire to create is one of the deepest yearnings of the human soul. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. Right? No matter our talents, education, background, or abilities, we each have an inherent wish to create something that did not exist before. Everyone can create. You don't need money, position, or influence in order to create something of substance or beauty. Creation brings deep satisfaction and fulfillment. We develop ourselves and others when we take unorganized matter into our hands and mold it into something of beauty. And I'm not talking about the process of cleaning the rooms of your teenage children. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so fun. He continued later and says, we don't have to have a ton of talents. What you create doesn't have to be perfect. It is what you decide you want to do. I love this. I think about a month and a half ago, I was at a meeting where they did watercolor. And as much as I love the arts, I am not very good at art itself. Watercolor, I have always wanted to learn how to do. And I've tried it about twice in my life, actually both in the last six months. But the second time doing it, I couldn't draw the picture that they were doing. So I had a friend draw the picture for me, bless her heart, she did. And then she kind of took me through the process of creating this watercolor. And she showed me how to mix the colors and how I like to make things strong and bold and watercolor is softer. She's like, okay, this is why it's called water color because you use the water to pull out the colors and then they don't have as defined of edges and you end up with this beautiful print that you love even though it's far from perfect and I had oh a picture of a mother holding a baby with the American flag flying behind her and it was this picture of all things that I love our freedom living in this beautiful country, family, and this mother's hope and her strength. And I got to be a creator, watercolor a picture of a creator. Well, isn't that awesome that something that you feel like you have no talent, just that you took the time to do it and created, brought you joy. It did. That's, That's beautiful. Sometimes I think we think we have to create a work of art or do something amazing, but it, it really is that simple, trying to create. You think of how much fun kids have with Play-Doh. They just create all sorts of things and they smash it and start over and smash it and start over and they're in just in heaven when they're playing with Play-Doh. I think as adults, we need more of those creation playing type of experiences in our lives. 
Oh, I so agree. I love that you said playing because part of creation is play. And honestly, I'm going to take that print someday and frame it and put it probably on my wall in the office so that it's just for <laughs> my, my ability to see because I don't know if everybody else would necessarily love it like I did. Well, because you know what's behind it. The creator always knows what's behind the creation. The effort, the intent, those count with the creator. Oh, they do. I love that, the intent, because how often do we try to create something and feel like we've fallen on our face? That's just part of the process. People point out that we aren't doing it right or perfect or in comparison. I love music. Sometimes when it's pointed out that the beat's not quite right, the note's not quite on, I'm sometimes inclined to say, oh, I shouldn't. But I know in my mind, it's all beautiful. <laughs> on in my head you would not have any negative comments about this and I think that's okay and we should just keep playing yes I love how you said in your mind because when you create you want a spiritual creation first I'm sure many of you know this and then a physical creation so when we talk about goals what do we do we write them down what we want to do and we go through the process and then we relook at our goal and we say okay Am I making progress? Am I getting closer to what I want to create? A healthier body? The fact that I'm meal planning, trying to meal plan two to three weeks at a time. I'm creating something. Or I want to get through these books that I'm reading and I want to schedule time to play games with my kids. I have to spiritually create it first. Otherwise, it's haphazard whether it happens or not. And from the spiritual creation, thinking it through, writing it down, then I get to go into the physical creation. So for my menu planning, I reached out to a friend in Missouri and I said, tell me how you do your menu planning. And I implemented a few of the things that she does, especially the fact that their favorite meals she writes down. She actually staples her recipes behind her meal plan and she has a meal plan for every single week of the year and then she just reuses it. Oh, wow. Right? It's brilliant. And so I was like... Oh, I don't have to keep recreating the same thing that's taking me hours because I don't love this creation, but I love the results of the creation, which is my family is fed and they're full and they're happy and not cranky. Right. <laughs> it was a spiritual creation first and then became a physical creation and it's making my life way easier. And then to bring back the joyful creations, I just got to be in a ballet. I haven't been in a production for two decades. I used to dance ballet from a childhood through college. And then I, yeah, it's been a while. And I was in a role that was not my personality at all. I actually, again, I had to spiritually create it first. So I went to another friend who is a director of Shakespeare plays and who also is a director of children's musical theater. And I said, I really need you to walk me through how to do this. And so she helped me spiritually create this character to put in how this character would act and think and respond. And then I implemented it. And it took me, oh, about two and a half, three months to really feel comfortable in this character. And it finally came together this last week during the dress rehearsals. And then it was fun. And that's the nice thing about creation. There is satisfaction in it. Absolutely. And you were fabulous. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it was so much fun. 
I mean, just think of all the power you had in that situation, both with the menu and with the ballet. You could have put yourself in, oh, I can't. I'm always careful of that word when I say, oh, no, no, I can't. I'm like, oh, is that true? I really can't? Is I really don't have power? But when you think in a creative way, you, there's power there. It's kind of like this superpower that you can choose to have. You don't have to be bit by a spider. You can choose to have this superpower of creation by your actions. So it takes work. You pay for it through work, but it's work that's so worth it. It's so fulfilling. You think of Spider-Man swinging from his webs and all the power he has. Well, what if you could choose to have a superpower? Right? Wouldn't that be so fantastic? And we can. Yes. We can choose to have this power of creation by putting in that work, that creation, that spiritual creation. I think of, I have a brother who's an architect. They make blueprints. They do sketches and drawings and they do it again and again until they have it just right. But what if the people building the building only looked at the blueprints once? Uh, that would be a problem. <laughs> and I think sometimes in our lives, we get the inspiration, we visualize and we make the blueprints and then we move forward and don't think we need to go back and look at that. We have to go back. Part of that creation is going back and looking at that blueprint regularly throughout the process. And I think sometimes we forget to do that. Oh, that's a great point. So a critical component of creation is going back and reviewing. Then we become and make what we actually want. So what's the difference between being a creator and being a victim? Well, I think like we said, a creator has power and can make a difference. Where a victim's like, I can't, I'm helpless, I need to be rescued, things are persecuting me, things, I, I need to be rescued. There's nothing I can do. And sometimes there's nothing I can do about a person in our life. Sometimes there's nothing we can do about a circumstance in our life. We're just powerless. And, and really, I feel like the difference between creator and victim is power, the lack of it or having it. It doesn't feel like we have a choice when we're in victim mode. Right. Which is miserable because then you lose hope. Right. Then you just wallow. Oftentimes people will either get involved in other things to get their mind off of it. They do a numbing, distract me from the pointlessness of this situation or the hopelessness of this situation. Instead of focusing on, okay, I have power here. What can I do? And to look at that situation not as something happening to me, but rather as a challenge that's happening for me. Ooh, it's just changing your paradigm. That one simple word, two versus four. And if it's looked at as a challenge to be overcome rather than just a persecutor that just keeps coming back. And it reminds me of the story that I recently read about. His name was Harold Russell. I found it in this book that belonged to my great-grandmother. Oh, how fun. And I'm sure that my great-grandmother knew about this man because he was in World War II in a training camp accident lost both of his hands. Losing a leg and losing an arm, but to lose both of your hands, I can't even imagine how he could have taken on. I'm a victim. There's nothing I can do. This was out of my control. And it wasn't even a heroic moment that he can look back on while I saved 10 people or something. It was just an accident in the training camp. He had the beautiful moment in the hospital where another man who had lost both of his hands came to visit him wow. and talked to him. He said, your first and greatest obstacle was to overcome yourself, not the loss of your hands. <laughs> to overcome your bitterness and your fear, to not be a victim of these things. 
Then the, the beautiful thing is he talked to him about the difference between being a cripple and being handicapped. He went and looked it up in the dictionary, and he said a cripple meant disabled, incapable, where handicap meant disadvantaged and hindrance. I thought, really, that's the difference between creator and victim. If I'm a cripple, there's nothing I can do. It's out of my control. I'm a victim of this situation. Where handicapped was this situation is a disadvantage. It's a hindrance, but it's not going to stop me. It's a challenge, and I'm going to overcome it. And this man did. He went on. He learned how to use these. They put two hooks on because that's what they could do in the 1940s. Wow. He learned to do everything with those hooks. And you can watch him on YouTube doing all sorts of things. He became an Academy Award winning actor. Married his high school sweetheart and had a family and lived a wonderful life. Lectured, wrote a book about his life. Did so many amazing things. And I love in his book he said... Too many of us squander precious energy, time, and courage. Ooh. Dreaming of things that were and never can be again, instead of dedicating ourselves to realities and the heavy tasks of today. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah, it's a superpower right there. Yeah. Choosing to be a creator and looking at things as a challenge, a disadvantage, a hindrance, but not a wall. Yes! Or if it's a wall, well, I'm going to go over that wall. And he did. It's amazing to me when we see people with these really hard things just overcome through creating a new story. And sometimes we talk about creating pictures, creating menus. Those are all wonderful things. But we see this. He created a new story about his life. He spiritually had to see his life in a different way. I'm not crippled. I am going to live my life. Sometimes it's hard for us to apply that to our menu. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Well, if he can create a new story about his life with no hands and two hooks instead, maybe I can change my attitude towards the challenge of the kitchen or (laughs) the laundry or the really tough relationship that I'm in right now. Whatever it is that is what we feel is beyond us, persecuting us, out of our control, we can create a new story around that. It makes all the difference. And I love from one extreme to the other, right? The simple of menu planning to the complex of, I don't even want to imagine losing both of my hands. And as you were talking, it made me think as a youth growing up in Louisiana, we would always go over to New Orleans once a year and cheer at the Special Olympics. And those youth who had disabilities, their volleyball players were way better than I ever (laughs) ever even hoped to be. But there was so much energy and belief because these youth had created pieces of their lives that we as fully whole physical beings were able to go and celebrate. Mm. And it's actually my favorite activity that we did every year. And it was a whole Saturday and bless every single one of those youth leaders who would take us over there because can you imagine spending an entire Saturday with cute 12 to 18 year olds? Some people love it. I love it. Some people don't love it. And I'm just grateful because I watched creation in the process. When I love that you were celebrating creation. I think we need to be better about celebrating each other's creations. Oh, yes. Instead of pointing out, well, that's not quite, and you know, especially in that special needs circumstance, it's just all cheering. But when we're not in that place, well, you could do better. You could do more. You could, and well, oh, you, you did that wrong, and you, you should change this. 
instead of just like, wow, look at what you did. Right. First and foremost, just celebrating and rejoicing with them in their creation because then they'll want to keep creating. I mean, can you imagine with the little kid playing Play Doh? Oh, no, no. That doesn't look right. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> You know, ducks don't have that. We want to do that to little kids. I think we do it to each other all the time. The first thing, oh, we notice what's wrong, what's not right. I love Mother Teresa, I believe, is the one who said, comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. So let's not compare. Let's celebrate. Yes. And what's really great is as you teach others, you celebrate with them, and then you can say, are you ready to bring it to the next level? Then they have the choice to continue their creation and improve it or to say, I am perfectly content right now. Mm -hmm. Either way, they were able to create and find some joy in it and we were able to joy with them. I love Thomas Jefferson said, music, drawing, books, invention, and exercise will be so many resources to you against NUI. NUI meaning a feeling of listlessness and dissatisfaction arising from a lack of occupation or excitement. It's the opposite of creation. And I love it. Music, drawing, books, invention, invention, and exercise will be so many resources to you against NUI. He's saying create. Right. I heard another person say that's what gardening does because you're working in conjunction with the creator to help create something beautiful in your garden, vegetables, your flowers. There's just joy in creation. It keeps you from being depressed. It really, really does. It does. And it makes me think in early spring here, my daffodils and my tulips are starting to come up and it just brings me so much joy to see their little leaves coming up. I can't wait. I'm like, okay, in a month, the flowers will actually appear. But watching that process and that's what creation is. It's a process. And there's so much joy. There's hard work. There's a lot of hard work. And we have to keep going back to those blueprints. Because during the hard work times, those blueprints, that spiritual creation, that vision of what the goal is, is really, really powerful. Oh, it is. And if you think about Viktor Frankl, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, he literally lost everything in his life except the ability to create. And he was able to create his thoughts. And so when he lost his wife and his family through the concentration camps, when he didn't know what tomorrow would bring for him, if he would be alive or if he would be incinerated, he created the thoughts of how to move forward and found happiness in the most abject circumstances that you could imagine because he chose to create. And we might end up in really difficult, but we can still create. It's a power, like Marie said, a superpower that we're given that we don't have to let go of. I love Stephen Covey is always saying over and over, one of the fundamental paradigms that we need to shift to is I am the creative force in my life. I am the creative force in my life. James Allen, when he talks, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Those thoughts create our reality. We get to choose. Do I want to create this? Do I want to put in that work? Or do I want to wallow here and wait for someone to rescue me? When we get rescued, we still need to be rescued again because if we always are waiting to be rescued, we're not getting skills and abilities. When we're creating, we're getting skills and abilities. We're improving. It just feels better. <laughs> it really does. So what are things that you love to create? Well, I love to create music. And sometimes that's just as simple as just singing. Yes. 
I think sometimes we think, oh, well, I have to do something marvelous, but really I can just hum and sing to myself while I make dinner. And that's creating music, and it really changes how I feel if I choose to do that. Sometimes it feels a little forced. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're in a process. <laughs> but it's okay. It, it is, doesn't have to be perfect. I love to create spaces for people in my life. Uh, how do you do that? By thinking about them. Beginning of the day, really thinking about the people I care about and thinking that spiritual creation that you were talking about and saying, who should I make a space for in my life today? Because we can't make time. Time is just is. It just is. But I can make space in my day for people. And when I create that space, that brings me so much joy. Ooh, that's beautiful. That is so beautiful. How about you? I love to create order. <laughs> I really do. It makes me happy. I think my mom said that when I was little, I would, well, a lot of kids would make up stories about their little toys that they were playing with. Um, I was cre- creating order, places of order for them. <laughs> so I love that. And I love to create music and dance and science, but I love to create strong foundations in youth. I love to watch them build up and I love to help them find their mission. So that's why I think it would be helping create who people are meant to be, helping them to see it. And again, it goes back to with mentor meetings, I am writing in my notebook and then I'm reviewing. And then when we are in mentor meetings together, I am looking at previous weeks and months notes as we then create the next piece of who they're finding themselves to be. It is as simple of a process as you choose for it to be. Mm, I like that. I think it's amazing how much power we really do have. I like how Stephen Covey says we're response-able. Sometimes responsibility seems like a kind of a dragged you down, so much work word, but to if you really think of it as I am able to respond. Yes. I'm able to choose my response in this situation. I'm able to create the story of my choice really is joyful and powerful and hopeful. And we so desperately need hope. Right? I was thinking, who wouldn't want to have joy and hope? (laughs) I think sometimes we, I don't know, in high school, college, something goes wrong and you listen to the sad song over and over because they can relate to you and your emotions and your feelings and you just all wallow in your victimhood of whatever the circumstance was together. What's the point? I mean, we just keep wallowing further and further and you have to listen to the song again and again and again to kind of, oh yeah, life is really hard and life is horrible. (laughs) And I've come to really appreciate musicians who are able to express empathy for what I've experienced, but point me to hope. Ooh, yes, yes. And I'm noticing the difference between those types of songs now. So when you're sad, I choose those songs that, yes, they understand that life is hard. There are hard situations, but there's hope. Because the end pulls you up. Mm -hmm. Because of their choices. Like this man, Harold Russell, who, it was hard. It wasn't fair. It was beyond anything he could have wanted. But he chose to create an amazing life anyway. Because creation is a choice. Yeah. 
Oh. And power. Yes. <laughs> a superpower, Esther. Yes, Esther could have said, oh, I am the victim of this public policy, this government edict that just went out. There's nothing I can do. I'm a victim. I'm going to sit here and cry and post online about how unfair life is <laughs> and, and tell all my friends about how this is not okay. But instead, she gath- I love that she gathered her friends and said, we're going to take a chance and try creating a different story. Look what happened with Esther. She was able to approach the king and create this environment that allowed this policy's wrong foundation to be totally visible to the king. It was taken care of, which sometimes we think, how could we possibly have that kind of power? But maybe we were brought to this time for just like Esther, for such a cause, for just such a time as this. Yes, it's my favorite phrase that she said, for such a time as this. So what are you creating in your life? What stories are you creating? What physical things are you creating? How are you being a creator today?